Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Rebecca and Rebecca, where we love books. My name is Rebecca Yager, and my partner over there is Rebecca Reed. Hi, Rebecca. Hello. So as I've mentioned, Rebecca and I love books. We're readers, we're writers, we're reviewers. And today we get to do our favorite thing of all, and that's interview authors. And we have a fun one today. The lovely and delightful and very talented Pepper Basham is with us. Hey, Pepper. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, how are you guys? We're good. We're glad you're here. So let's tell folks a little bit more about you before we dive in. So Pepper is an award-winning author who writes romance peppered with grace and humor, writing both historical and contemporary novels. She loves to incorporate her native Appalachian culture and or her unabashed adoration of all things UK into her stories. Pepper currently resides in the lovely mountains of Asheville, North Carolina. She is a, a wife, a mom to five great kids. She's a speech language pathologist, so I hope I speak clearly today. She's a lover of chocolate, jazz, hats, and Jesus. What more do you want? <laughs> so, all right, let's dig in. So we just told folks about your bio. I want to hear what's not in your bio. What would people be surprised about or something that's not there? Um, I, I um, like to play Minecraft. I just played some today right before we got on here because it's a brain break thing for me and it's still creative. I love to, I love to create stuff. And so I'll go in there and I'll create my towns that I write about. <laughs> I do that. Um, I also, um, some people know this, but I'm a fourth cousin to Andy Griffith. Um, so really, truly Blue Ridge. And thank you for saying Appalachian. Uh, uh, really, truly in that culture of Andy Griffith. And he's my fourth cousin. So that was neat. My grandmother was raised as his neighbor in Mount Airy, North Carolina. Okay. So um, so that was that's probably something people wouldn't know necessarily. That, that's kind of fun. Did, so she, did she like old Andy? Was he as nice as he seemed? Do you know? <laughs> yeah, she was a little bit younger than him. And so um, she kind of tagged along. But it was really interesting when when Granny would talk about um, growing up on the same street, that the, a lot of the characters from the Andy Griffith show were people who lived near them and they were inspired by that. So there was a, there was a bee who lived at the end of the street and she was a widow mm -hmm. and there was a, a, a drunk uh, that they used for Otis. And there were just a lot of very uh, uh, real life people that were incorporated into uh, the Andy Griffith show and, and see her, his, his mom and my granny's mom were sisters. So um, that was, they were really close. Um, the sisters were. So I think that's pretty neat <laughs> a bit of information. Yeah, no, that, that's kind of fun trivia. And that kind of, you know, it's how often do us writers draw inspiration for characters from real life? I do a lot. <laughs> <laughs> my Appalachian books are family history stories. So, yeah. Really, really cool. So um, you always wanted to be a writer or when did you know you wanted to be one? Um, well, my mom said I've always been good at telling stories, whether they're all true or not. It's a thing. Uh, but um, I, as far, as far back as I can remember, I was 
write, when I could write, I would write stories. Um, I would try to illustrate them too, but the art skill got, went to my daughters and didn't come to me. Um, I have my first book that I ever, I have a copy of my first book that I ever wrote when I was 10 years old and I illustrated it poorly. Everybody had a huge nose and I'm like trying to sit here and go as a kid, do you just look up and think everybody has huge noses? I don't know, but <laughs> But um, I have it at 10 and that one from 10 years old. And then I have a few others past that, but that's the first one I have a physical copy of. I think, I think that's fun. Cause when I was 10 also, <laughs> I did, I wrote a, a story out and then I cut it up and stapled it together. So it looked yes. like a book. You know? yes. I did the staple, the three staples on the sides that would fold. So <laughs> just like that. Yes. So we would do that. Rebecca, you got any fun childhood writing stories <laughs> I uh I like to write too but I actually didn't actually I, I don't know I, I like to tell stories I don't know that I wrote them down right when I was that young but um I do have a lot of stories like from middle school like start you know sixth seventh eighth grade mm -hmm. that kind of thing and then when I was in um when I was a senior we had a really really good um composition teacher and she had us do some really interesting like little essays writing and I remember writing from the point of view we had to take an inanimate object and write a story from the point of view of the object and I chose a tire on a car <laughs> great <laughs> so yeah that was kind of interesting well, does that help you with point of view now when you're trying to write a point of view character <laughs> you're driving your car <laughs> I don't know if I'm as good at it now as I was then. <laughs> I I do give a shout out to those good teachers though. I had a, a middle school English teacher who was such an encourager mm -hmm. for my writing, mm -hmm. and um, she follows me on Facebook now and is Aww. so excited to follow this journey. So that's been I mean, good teachers, man, they make a big difference. Yeah, we love our teachers and you're talking to another one over there that other Miss Rebecca Reed is a teacher <laughs> <laughs> in all her spare time with writing and you know, right I get it <laughs> everything she does um, we are going to dig more into your writing process but since you mentioned you are a mom of five kids how do you balance that the work and the home life with your with your writing life yeah so um I work uh, four four day a week week uh, as a speech language pathologist, and so Tuesdays are my writing marketing day. I don't get a whole lot of writing done usually on those days because there's so much marketing going on. But I've been really grateful to be able to work for four long days, so I can have Tuesdays as a, a more flexible day for writing. Um, and there's a whole lot of I don't know how you guys manage the time thing. For me. I've always had to write in the middle of chaos. There's never been a time where I've not had to put writing as a part of my day. Not, not, oh, I'll write from this time to this time in my nice little office with a door. Nothing wrong with that. That'd be awesome. I would love that. Um, but I, there wasn't an option when you're raising children and you're working, you daydream so that when you do have the writing 15 minutes, then you're writing solid stuff and you're putting words on a page that's consistent. And so early on, it was a whole lot of nooks, nooks and crannies writing. And then uh, now I get more bigger blocks of time, usually after supper and after the, we've spent time as a family together from about, I don't know, 
eight to 10, nine to 11, I'll uh, consistently do writing uh, in the evenings. Um, sometimes before that, like right now, in be- the in-between time when the kids don't need help with homework or anything or driving them somewhere um, from about five to six, four to six, I can get some writing done too. So it is really just kind of piecemealing it together um, to finish up um, what you need to do. I write for my day job as a speech pathologist. So I'm constantly writing reports and I, the editor for the reports will say, Pepper, this sentence is really eloquent and beautiful, but I think you pulled some of your fiction into this one. Could you mind switching it into a more, a more uh, report writing style? I'm like, Oh, sorry. I just finished editing during my lunch break. So I had that on the brain. <laughs> so stuff like that will happen too. <laughs> I mean, switching gears like that. And, and I've always admired the writers and Rebecca, I don't know if you're this way too, but who can write in the 15 minute chunks. Um, like that because it's almost sometimes when I get started I don't want to stop either at the end of that 15 minutes Rebecca had yeah you... that's I I can um it's not my preferred thing but no. I do I have uh written during lunch break you know where I have 30 minutes and I'll I'll eat and write at the same time or you know whatever eat really fast and then <laughs> write for 15 minutes or whatever and then um you know yeah at you know I've got a few minutes here a few minutes there I'll sometimes I've written on my phone I've dictated into notes I've I've written several thousand words while driving to an ACFW meeting so yeah yeah everywhere right it's really in filling in the time um I don't know about you guys but a lot of of priming for writing because my time usually isn't and now it is in the evenings I have a more more you know more time consistently but daydreaming about the story get is priming me for when I do get to write it means the words that I put out are I can put out a lot of words when I need to because I've been thinking about it before I get to it so like uh, Rebecca was talking about with the driving when I'm driving from one place to the next place I will be thinking about okay this is going to happen next and here's what's going to what I the next scene and I need to write that down when I have my time tonight to write and that's that really helps a lot Mm. um being that you write both contemporary and historical and sometimes have to write in chunks uh about how long does it take you to to finish a book or does that depend on the research with historical or you know historical is usually longer just because of that aspect that research aspect um I'm light on historical details in my book. I still put them in, but I, my characters are really the ones driving the story. So if people are reading my books to read this name of of what type of chair the person's sitting in or the type of, you know, the details of the type of gown, which are both amazing. I love reading stuff like that too. Like I love Laura Franz all of her books mm-hmm. um and she writes those kinds of details um that are beautifully done but i'm not i'm a just thinker which means i think bigger picture so i'm moving forward without i don't i don't describe a lot of the details so that helps <laughs> sometimes with not having to research mm-hmm. exactly the type chair but um but yeah so i would say historical takes me a little bit longer usually if i am uh on a good writing role I can get a historical book done in three months. Uh, contemporary, I can do it in two months if I'm on a good writing role. But that's always the if, right? All of us are there. We can have something happen in our family or in our heads mm-hmm. that totally blocks the process of writing and you pause. 
and you're like, oh, okay, I don't know what's going to happen next. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's let's talk about the mistletoe countess, since that's the book that got Rebecca and I going here with you oh, on this. Um, so yeah, do research for that, I presume. So was, was there an odd oddest piece of information you found during um, <laughs> anything fun? I no, I found lots of fun things, but I don't know. I'm trying to think if I found anything odd. Um, I mean, I had to research things like when how secret doors worked in old houses and I did a whole lot of literary research because Grace is such a reader mm-hmm. so and I had read I re- I'd read about 80% of the books that I put maybe 85% of the books I put her into the mistletoe countess that she's read so at least I could reference things I understood from the stories um but if you've been, if it's been high school since you read a classic, you're having to go back and relearn things. And there were some books that I, I first referenced in there, and I realized they were not going to glorify God. And so I was like, "Oh, we are going to take that classic out and put this one in instead." So, um, so I did. I did search. Uh, did some research on ghost hunting for the the victorian era because she would have been at the end of the victorian era into the edwardian era and people's fascination with the macabre Uh, so i did a little bit of that um but i didn't put a lot of what i'd researched into the story because it didn't fit with what she was doing so yeah i did a lot of research about the weird things people would put on display for the for viewing and yeah i was like "Mm -mm, no i don't want (laughs) to I don't want to put those in there. So yeah. Did you Rebecca, you're making such a face over there. <laughs> I was just thinking like about the story. And I was like, yeah, because Grace didn't really believe in any of that macabre stuff. She was so practical that she would have just been like, yeah, that's not real. <laughs> right, right. Um, and see that's and that's the more, you know, I know you guys know as writers, we start a book here and then the book starts growing. And it may not be the same one we were daydreaming about here when we get here. And so I was, I always knew I loved her completely. I loved her genuineness and authenticity. I loved her. Her faith is amazing to me because it's so, yeah, God will take, it's just like God has me. I think I want to aspire to that kind of complete devotion of understanding he's in control because she has that along with this weird childlike humor and imagination. And so, um, yeah, she wouldn't have, she wasn't, she didn't really believe in the ghosts, but she lacked the idea of believing in the ghosts. It's kind of like now, I don't know if you guys do this. I I don't, I know Santa Claus is, sorry, Santa Claus isn't real, but I love the idea of thinking that he is right even though i know that there's not going to be a guy in a red suit jumping on my chin hopefully not he'd be arrested on on christmas eve but i love the magic you know the imagination behind it Mm -hmm. is still something i want to hang on to even though i know it's not practically going to happen so did grace because grace is such a fun character I mean, you had to almost have to rein yourself in because didn't she just want to take over every? She did. She did. (laughs) She would say something and I would be like, okay. (laughs) 
you I mean I know we tell we tell non-writers things like this and they think we're crazy because they're like well you have the words and I'm like no seriously once the characters start speaking it's them speaking and we're just kind of along for the ride going oh and you know when you write it and not the character because you'll write the sentence you'll be like they wouldn't say that that doesn't sound like them at all um and so she would she'd have stuff pop out of her mouth and I'd be like no but that's what she would say (laughs) right exactly Oh, but that had to be so much fun. And then you had to balance her with, with uh, Lord Percy, with Frederick, who, you know, I I have this wonderful image of him, but he just almost seemed overwhelmed by her at times, but intrigued by her because it's like the life he wanted to live, you know, if he would let go. Yeah. Yeah. I loved writing his, him as a balance for her because, um, and I also liked one of the sweetest things I think in his personality is that he he believes in her the way she is and doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't really try to change that. At first, he's kind of like trying to figure out how she's going to fit. And then he realizes all the things that are important inside of her are what he wants more than countess material. And um, I, I loved watching him grow because he's the one who really does the character growth the most. Uh, Grace pretty much stays pretty similar all the way through. She grows some as the fact that life is growing and experiences, but um, yeah, he really has a lot of character growth. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. He, he does change a lot and it is fun to watch him lighten up and, and, and be able to um, look at himself in a different light. I think that was the best, you know, just how she changed his, opinion of himself and made him realize that he wasn't to blame for all the things that he was putting on all that guilt that he was putting on himself and and finally was able to let go of that that was great I I love that yeah and her name is Grace for a reason right one of the things I really wanted people to and and her name was Grace from the beginning but when I started it's cool how God will do that right he gave you know I knew her name was going to be Grace but then the more and more I saw how her she was impacting him for the good that it was this beautiful God handprint on the story that was kind of like that's what I do when you know me I change you. My grace changes you for your good. Mm-hmm. And um, that was for me as an author. And I would love to hear if you guys have similar experiences. I'll, I was in the middle of that story. And I, th- I started crying at one point because I was like, oh, that's what you, that's how you love me. Oh, that's what you want for me. Uh, you want me to be free like that. You want me to understand how loved I am uh, despite my brokenness and um so there there's I loved how that came about even in this light-hearted funny sometimes ridiculous story that there's this deeper thread in there it, and it's really lovely because you know we we write Christian fiction you know it's our goal to to spread this and and you want to impact the readers and give it but we're but you described guess what you know, when we dig into the word every day and, and I know, you know, pray over the keyboard every day and that our words are his words that mm-hmm. we want. You know, there's that one reader that needs to read or see exactly what, what we've written. And gosh, what a privilege because it's all from him, you know, to get touched that way. Yeah, definitely. It's fun. 
I think that's, well, I don't know. Fun is maybe not that it is fun, but it's just so um, it's like when the words just flow out and you go back and read them later and you're like, I don't remember writing that, Yes, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, it's like, Oh wow. God was doing that through me, you know? Cause I, I couldn't have said it like that. I couldn't have come up with that. I couldn't have, I mean, that's way better than my normal, you know, just, when I'm writing. So that's what I like is going back and looking at something later and being like, did I really write that? Cause. <laughs> or, or something in the story converges in such a way that you hadn't planned on. And then you yeah. get to that point and you're like, Oh my goodness, that's an amazing example of God's whatever, you know, you weren't planning it, but he was planning it all along. And it's, that's just another great reminder of his work in our lives. We don't see how the pieces work together to make the picture at the end, but he knows exactly what's happening to get us fit for heaven. And uh, it just, it's a great reminder. Well, to, to walk in confidence, like Grace did through this, you know, changes she wasn't expecting. But I also think about the grace uh, her sunshine in Mariah's life. Look at what Lady Mariah was carrying through this book. And we're not giving any spoilers, but man, what a what a love. Read the book. Just read the book. We told that in our review, Rebecca and I were just like, Definitely read it. Need to read I'm the so, book. I'm so glad you liked it. I'm so glad. <laughs> read it. But just the, the grace, I don't want to sound cliche with Lady Mariah. I, I thought it was so much fun. Um, you know, just the relatives, Freddie's relatives were, you know, his mom, you know, she had her issues, but the aunt, oh my gosh, loved her. Um, And, and I especially loved how she tried to get Grace to not give in to Freddie for at least 10 minutes. I was like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. That was just so it was so funny and so <laughs> neat, you know, it was just like, oh, wow. You've got Grace's struggle because yeah. she's so forgiving. <laughs> yeah. She's trying to hold on for those 10 minutes. I love that. That was one of my favorite parts. But <laughs> I, I really think this book, um, of all the books that I've read this year, and I keep like a log of all the books that I read, and this is probably one of the top, in it's in my top three of the entire year and I've probably up to over a hundred this year and it is definitely like I listen to most of them on audio so it's like but I love the story I just one of the things I like the most about it was and I was telling uh Rebecca this in the in our review but I just loved how there was no contrived breakup you know, because so many times you've got these people and they're getting along perfectly. And then all of a sudden they aren't. And it's like, but they were, you know, and they were communicating and there's no reason for them to act like that because that wouldn't happen. And I mean, they did have a little spat, but it, it was resolved because they actually acted like adults and they talked to each other. Oh my goodness. So that was my favorite thing. I think about the, plot in general was that you just didn't force them to have some unnatural breakup just because oh it's a romance and it should have a breakup so i, so I just that. threw i just threw in a murder and so then <laughs> you, know, you don't have to worry about the I'm breakup do that. Because... <laughs> you know i've heard that for yeah. years if you get stuck writing a book just, just produce a dead body and you know bringing yeah. a guy with a gun <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> apparently it works because <laughs> i do that or have somebody kiss somebody i'm all for the second one yeah bring it <laughs> well you got the mistletoe and the body you got everything <laughs> speaking of the second one there is a second one coming in february yes the yes. kairos curse the Cairo curse mm-hmm yeah, tell 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 us about okay. it. <laughs> okay, no, I can't let me just say I was not okay. I've never written a book with the same main characters before, so I knew I was getting ready to step into a realm. I that was going to be new for me. So after having written that one and starting book three, which I just signed a contract for, which is called the Juliet Code, um, I feel so much more comfortable writing book three. Um, book two, I'm hoping will still be one that people enjoy. I had a blast writing it, um, but you shift, which was weird for me. You shift from being a character driven story to being more plot driven because mm. I write romance. So romance is about two people getting together, not getting together, getting together, you know, all this kind of stuff. And uh, they're already together. They're married. They've had the thing, you know, all this stuff. And um, now what do I do? Right. So it has to be more of a plot driven story, which was a switch for my brain. Um, it was so much fun. It's set in Egypt. Um, they're on their honeymoon and they go to visit uh, uh, Frederick's cousins who are on an archaeological expedition. And there are all kinds of misfortunes that happen. There are quite a few dead bodies. <laughs> um, some of them are mummies. <laughs> and yeah, um, and there is a, a rogue camel. I will say that. Um, but it's still the same grace. And it's even more, you see more of where they've come in the last couple of months since they've been married. And and uh, how much how much deeper Frederick's care for her has become. Because uh, the more he's with her, the more he's freer to be who God created him to be. Um, I'm really looking forward to book three, which I just started writing um, because they're even, they're together even longer. And there are some tragedies that happen in book two that are going to be impacting people in book three. So also sneak peek. I have Detective Jack Miracle popping in in book three, and I'm very excited about it. So uh, those you get to meet Detective Jack in the Mistletoe Campus, but he's not in the Cairo Curse. So I'm excited to get to bring him back because he joins them in Venice. So oh, how fun! How fun! And that's uh, the Juliet Code. Is that Juliet Code, December 2023? So two, two, and 23 plus. Wait, you've got authentically a Z. It's yeah, it comes out next week. And mm -hmm. then positive one well, by the time this airs, it's gonna be out. So yes. <laughs> pick up authentically Izzy because it and then positively Penelope also. How do you wait? Five kids and a job and a husband and and really <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. My brain is story driven. Um, I don't guess God just made it that way. Well, um we're, we're I, glad. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so I have uh, the Cairo curse in February uh positively penelope in august and then the juliet code hopefully if everything goes well and i can write it right. in december uh 2023 so uh yeah so but get ready for the cairo curse that's the one that's next so that's the one you guys besides authentically z that's the one that's next that goes along with mistletoe countess 
We are excited. So tell everyone how they can reach you, your website, uh, social media, how you like yeah. to connect. And if you do like I, to connect. <laughs> I love connecting with readers and other authors and people. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so I uh, have a website, pepperdbasham.com. D is for Dawn, pepperdawnbasham.com, pepperdbasham.com. So you can find out all of my book information there and find out more about me and see some really cute pictures of my kiddos. Um, also, I am really engaged on Instagram and Facebook. They're my two top social media outlets. I'm trying TikTok, but me and TikTok don't really get along as well as me and Instagram do. So I'm going to be much more engaged on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, so please do, if you like my books, or even if you haven't even read any and you just want to ask questions, I love to talk about books and Jesus and family and all that kind of stuff. No, no, that's great. Rebecca, anything else for Pepper before we let her back to her life with five kids? And just writing to <laughs> I'm going to go make something. <laughs> More books. Yeah, no, I, I did. I, I love this story. Um, I, I'm so excited that um, we were able to read it and review it and, and talk to you. It was really fun. So um, yeah, thank you very much. We appreciate yeah, thank it. Thank you both. Thank yeah, you so much. Glad to have you again. You can find Pepper at Pepper D as in Dawn Basham dot com and, and get that list of books because we've got lots of reading to do next year. <laughs> 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 thank you <laughs> thanks pepper have a great day thanks rebecca bye everybody